I'm stuck in the chicken coop. Oh, man. How entertaining for you. This is fantastic. Uh-huh. There's a latch there so that it doesn't lock on me. Hey, this is Jared. Hey, friends. This is Annette. And this is our Azure Farm podcast where we're going to talk about all things farm, family, home, and all things in between. We hope you enjoy it. Hey, everyone. All right. Oh, you sound real loud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, I like your uh, shoes. Thanks. Do you like my shoes? Yeah. <laughs> Not as much as mine. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I've got a story for you today. All right, let's do it. Yeah. So um, when I was around 10 years old, I think I was 10, we had just moved back to Kansas City. And so I'm a pastor's kid. I don't know if I've shared that. A good old PK. I guess that's what we're called. Um, so I would hang out at church a lot in the afternoons and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. My dad was in the office or whatever. So I... There was kids over at the church because there was some activity. And we thought we'd play hide-and-go-seek. Did you ever do that at church? Did I ever play hide-and-seek? Oh, at church. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> so it was three of us playing hide-and-go-seek. Three or four. And I was in a room one of the kids' classrooms, and I thought it'd be real, real smart that when they went in that room to find me, I wasn't there. Eh? Brilliant. Yeah, I know, You right? are brilliant. Yeah. So, so it's not just hide and go seek, it's disappear. Hide and never be found. H- hide and never be found. So guess what I did? I jumped out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I did. And it was a one... Is this... This is one story? Uh-huh. So it wasn't that tall of a jump. And I didn't jump. See, I had a plan. I was going to just crawl over the edge and then dangle. Like, like drop. So my arm was still holding on, and then I would drop. You yeah, see what I mean? Like, like you're Tom Cruise. Well, if he can do his own stunts, so can I. Yep. So I did that, and it was great. And I jumped to the ground, and I was like, success. And then I looked at my arm, and I was bleeding everywhere. And it's because I didn't calculate into the fact that the window had a ledge of brick. So when I jumped full force and and held on and dangled, the brick hit my arm and basically sloughed off quite a bit of skin and went down into the muscle. Eh? <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> so I have this huge scar on my arm. That's it right there? Yeah. Uh, because, and actually this scar, it used to be up here. And as I got older, because I was only like 10, it's now down here. But it looks like a sailboat. So yeah, I remember seeing that when we started dating. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, I had to then tell my mom what we had done. And I couldn't even get stitches because it was like there was no skin to stitch together. It had basically like scraped my arm. Ouch. It was bad. It took a while to heal. Mm-hmm. I got in trouble and all that good stuff. So yeah, now I have this uh, pretty big scar. Yep. Isn't that cool? I'll match your sailboat and I'll one-up you. Okay. What's yours? <laughs> so me and my best friend, we're off to basketball camp. This is around 7th or 8th grade. We're going to be, learn to be 
the Larry Birds, NBA the, stars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so we have some BB guns, high-powered BB guns, and we decide to start climbing a tree. And climbing these trees with loaded, high-powered BB guns might not have been the best idea. Right. Why are we climbing a tree? Just because? Just because. Oh, awesome. And I'm playing with one of those jack-in-the-boxes. And I'm twirling this thing. Ding, 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 ding. And all of a sudden, ding, 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 And it goes, bing. And I'm like, good grief. This thing is just ringing and ringing and it won't stop ringing. And so finally, I reach up to my head and I'm like, this is so crazy. I just don't understand why this jack-in-the-box is going crazy. (laughs) And then blood is all over my hand. Oh, my word. And I look up and my friend's in the tree and he's looking at me like, oh, my word. And uh, somehow I've been shot. (laughs) <laughs> right in the temple. Oh, my word. We go in the house trying to get the BB out somehow, like prying, prodding it out, and uh, it's getting deeper. Finally. It's getting deeper? Yeah, it's like wedging deeper into oh, my, my, word. <laughs> my head. Awesome. And, you know, your temple's a soft spot, so you got to be careful. So, anyway, long story short, uh, my parents get a call, and they're like, um, Jared's been shot. <laughs> and they literally get in the car and start driving to Ohio immediately. And... Yeah, I had surgery and they pulled it out. I kept that BB. This I actually this thing. think I, it's somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I have a scar where my hair grows funny and I cut it short right on, right in front of my ear. So, so yeah, you got a scar. I got a scar. Lots of scars. I think we were going to talk a little bit about uh, what our version of um, perfection is. Yeah. So I did a post on uh, Instagram about kind of the talk you had on uh, Saturday night when everyone was over. We had kind of a, our friends, family, and church family over on Saturday night for what we called uh, dinner in the garden. That was fun. And Jared had like a little short uh, five-minute talk. And I posted about that on Instagram. And I feel like a lot of people resonated um, with the thought of how we always try to attain uh, a certain level of perfect whatever we think that is in our mind and how maybe at each stage in life that we are at is perfect for where we are now. Do you want to share about kind of what you talked about Saturday night a little bit? Yeah. So in the world today, especially with social media, everyone gets these ideas of a standard of perfection. Like, oh, that person has... 107 million uh, followers. Therefore, Kim Kardashian must be perfect. <laughs> right? Um, it could be like physical, physical, like a lot of different things. Yeah, whatever someone's definition it. of sure. like, oh, it's just perfect. They're so perfect. Their life is so perfect. Yeah, life. Everything's perfect. Uh, yeah. um, so you give an example of somebody has this huge, beautiful house. People look at it on social media and they think, oh, their life is perfect. What they don't know is they're in $2 million worth of debt to pay for that house. Sure. And every night they go to bed stressed out beyond belief. They don't have family time with their kids. They're just worrying about, oh my word, we got to pay for this house. Mm -hmm. But everybody else just says, oh, they have a perfect life. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing I would like to say is 
I think perfection is in the eye of the beholder. And so, you know, as you look at things in life, you have to say, well, what makes something perfect? So if you walked into a grocery store, you picked up a red tomato, it's likely shiny, you got the lights on it, it's, it has wax on it, so that's fake, mm-hmm. and it's been polished, and that red tomato looks perfect. It's like perfectly round, perfectly, perfectly round, green on the little stem thing. Just like yeah. the pictures in the ads, it's perfect. So that's what some people would say is perfect. You get it home, you cut it open, and it's, it's flimsy, watery, and you taste it, and it tastes like cardboard. Yeah. It's just gross. Like no flavor. <laughs> no flavor. Yeah. So a lot of people listen to this, they have <laughs> gardens or they want a garden or maybe they've never had a garden. So here's the difference between that tomato we just described, which is what we mostly eat sure. most of the year. Yeah. And a tomato you grow in your garden. Tomato you grow in your garden may not have that same perfect look as the one in the store. It doesn't seem to be as shiny and... You know, there's this little wormhole on one side mm-hmm. of it. Not really deep, so it's still intact. Or like the heirloom ones are like a... They're a little spotted. Irregular Yeah, they almost shape. look like they've grown underground. Yeah. They're like stretch marks. Yeah, they're just very... All this stuff. But yeah. you take it into your kitchen, and you slice it, and you put it on a sandwich, and it is like you've died and gone to heaven. Uh... Like, it is unbelievable. <laughs> so good. So good. So then you ask, well, is that perfect? So as I compare those two experiences, one on the outside to someone looks perfect. But when I see if you said, hey, this is an heirloom tomato from my garden, I just picked it, and I looked at it, and it's got brown dirt on it, (laughs) I'd be like, oh my, that thing is perfect. Yeah. Totally different perspective, right? Sure. So... um, So then, then the thing comes in with, we're comparing ourselves to this idea of perfection that is typically artificial. Mm -hmm. We're going through life, we're like, oh, that's perfect. That person is at a totally different place and stage sometimes in life, but we're comparing ourselves to them. So yeah, I read this book. It's called Christ's Object Lessons. It's basically a a book about the stories of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That basically Jesus didn't teach people anything without using stories. Mm -hmm. And stories from people's everyday life. And as people may have picked up by now, um, I'll, I'll just say something that Annette may not want me to say, but I'm going to say it. Oh, I don't know what you're saying. The, the teachings and belief system and religion of the Bible are almost the opposite of what modern day Christendom teaches. So in America today, most people identify uh, a lot of characteristics with, well, oh, that's the religious right. But if we really get down in the Bible, it's a lot more um, simple and beautiful than sometimes it's made out to be. Mm-hmm. We overcomplicate it. And people terribly misrepresent it. Yeah. So, don't get me started on that, but that's a different story. That's a different subject. You're a guy who, who preaches every week to say some hard truths to <laughs> Christianity. But anyway, I'll get off if, my If soapbox. you guys don't know, Jared is our like our teaching pastor at our church, which means he teaches... I mean, excuse me, he preaches most every week. So not only was I a PK, but now I'm a, wait, PW? A P ball and chain. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. 
I don't know if that even makes sense. <laughs> no, not really. Curious. So anyway, this idea of perfection, this is very important. You cannot compare yourself to others. Right. You have no idea the whole story. It's like comparing these two tomatoes I mentioned, and for a lot of people, it's just the exterior pres- uh, appearance. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly, we know the one in the store is the perfect one. No, actually, not at all. Right. So this book I read totally transformed my mind. You hear a lot of people say something that says, well, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. And after reading this book, that sentiment drives me insane. Because what it says is, there's a destination called perfection. And you have to get there. Well, And for Christians and many religious teachings, it's, and one day you'll arrive. Mm-hmm. That is a lie. It's a total sham. And this book helped me realize that basically it talks about the growth of a seed. You put a seed in the ground and the seed has to do something insane first. It has to die. Mm-hmm. It has to die. And then life has to be, basically you get a sprout. Then you get a little more growth, then a little more growth. Uh, in this book, it talks about corn. First, the sprout, the blade, then the full ear of corn, and then the corn. Mm-hmm. And then the kernel on the corn, the fruit. So this idea basically says at every stage in this walk of life, you can be perfect. And as, as I'll go back to the tomato, when you put a little tomato seed in the ground, it's perfect. Because it's at the stage it's supposed to be. It's, it's exactly, that's us all we've asked it to do is be a little seed and with potential. Mm-hmm. And the idea of this is you keep growing. Mm-hmm. Every, every day should have growth. Mm-hmm. Even if you do stupid mistakes, you should grow from them. So the seed is perfect. That little sprout, it's perfect on day one or day 10. On day 30, it gets to be three inches long and has three leaves. Perfect. But see, what most people do is they walk in the garden, they say, hmm, what's wrong with that tomato plant? seems like it's growing really slow. You know, I'm not impressed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you seen the pictures of that grocery store that has perfect tomatoes? (laughs) And it's like, uh, no, you can't compare that. And I might be a little passionate right now, but this is such an important lesson. When that thing continues to grow, it will blossom and there's a flower. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to grow this little bitty green tomato. Again, if we're comparing it to the perfect in the store or just a shiny picture, well, it must not be perfect. But no, right there, that is perfect. Mm -hmm. And then finally one day, it reaches a, a stage where a lot of us think, oh, well, that's the destination of perfect. No, well, it's still gotta go from the vine to someone's plate, to bring a smile to someone's face. Mm-hmm. like So somehow we need to get this back into Christianity, mm-hmm. the, the radical teaching of perfection. And it is not a destination. It is this walk of development. Mm-hmm. And we should always be striving. And I think the Christian perspective is... There's only so much you can do on your own. Mm-hmm. You can't save yourself. Right. So I don't want to get too preachy, but yeah. I, I think our, our, when we went into the stories of, of uh, scars, yeah. most people in the world would say, have you seen that super, <coughs> excuse me, 
Have you seen that supermodel? Um, she has a scar. She's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you seen that person, that guy? He's got a scar on his face. Not perfect. We would equate scars with not perfect. But uh, when you actually know someone and you see scars, it makes their story all the better because you know, man, you remember that? And like we went through it. You have a story that goes with that scar that right. has made you who you are today. I mean, I got... I got scars where I cut off two of my toes, had to get them like reattached. <laughs> um, you know, nearly lost my thumb dangling. And I mean, obviously, Jared's had a few more intense situations than me. I was way more careful as a child, but go on. Yeah, I had a piece of stick go through my cheek and yeah, into my. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I think these scars define us. Yeah. And to me, one of the most profound things talking about like true. What really matters is there's this statement in the Hebrew scriptures, so Older Testament here, that's profound. Very provocative what I'm about to say. Hopefully nobody will uh, lose their minds too much. <laughs> People get into paradise, and they walk up to someone, and they ask him this question. What are these wounds in your hands? Now, first off, that should make us all question, wait a second, people get to paradise without knowing this guy who has wounds in his hands? But <laughs> these scars do not make this person less perfect. The scars define him. Mm-hmm. Literally laying down one's life for his friends. That's what these scars are all about. But then it says, then he shall answer. Those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. And so this idea of perfection, please everybody, if you can hear the sound of my voice, don't let anyone else define perfection in your life. Mm -hmm. And also, if you are of the Christian persuasion, you're all the more benefited by reaching out (laughs) to this person with scars in his hands. Right. And saying, make up for the deficiencies that I clearly can't fix. And you're looked at all the more beautiful. So just don't let people tell you, don't let people define you. Well, yeah, and I think as a society, we're bombarded so much with be like this, look like this, act like this. And it's, it's foolishness. Everybody loves different. It's like, let me give you an example. I'll get a little more crass. Um, there's a definition of beauty in fashion, high fashion, of rail-thin, skinny models. Mm. But you line up rail-thin, skinny models versus thick, beautiful women, and nine times out of ten, men will find the thick, beautiful women more attractive. Yeah, the yeah, world just, says, oh, no, this is perfect right. beauty. No, it's And not. I will say, because I've, I know some of the modeling world, the, the girls that are forced to kind of look a certain way and be super skinny and things, they don't feel perfect. So it's hard on them too. I mean, there's just, yeah, there's just like, I think especially for women, it's very hard in the world today because I think for men, there's not as, as much of a, you know, there's not a pressure on your physical appearance, I think, as compared to women. So not only do women compare themselves in physical way to other women and things, it's, it's, how you look, how you dress, what they have, what you don't have. Anyways, there's just all these things. And I even was thinking the other day, you know, as a society, we're always um, constantly thinking about like the next thing. Like we barely 
have gotten to uh, summer just ended and we're already into oh fall and it's now it's Christmas. You have to get everything ready for Christmas. You have to. I think we're just constantly in this cycle where you don't feel perfect enough because you're being bombarded with so many things. And I think it's the thought of be be content in your life where you are now and learn to enjoy what you have now because at that stage of your life that's where you're supposed to be that mm-hmm. is that is your perfect and and i actually do think a lot of us go through a lot of struggles and there's some of us that there our lives are very hard right now mm-hmm. and i think for those you know it's like hang, hang in there you know like you you're growing you're developing and it might not be your definition of perfect but it's where you are right now, but each day we're growing and moving forward, you know? <clears throat> yeah, and I, I mean, I guess the only way you'd know you weren't perfect is if you knew, like, I'm not, I mean, I think this is a lot of us. For some reason, we're just not satisfied with But that's because now. we're seeing, but that's because we're surrounded by so much that doesn't let us be satisfied with now. And that's sad. I mean, that's that's unfortunate, but it's a, that's the kinda, reality Yeah, I mean, that's the, world the marketing yeah. of... America today, it's this is the thing you need to be happy. If you only had this thing, mm-hmm. and it's like, unfortunately, that type of greed and want, uh, some could argue, is the downfall of empire. Like, mm-hmm. contentment is great gain. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, we could probably talk about this for, <laughs> or, or different aspects of, of this topic for a lot. But I, I think the thought is just to say, you know, I think some people say this term, I don't know if it makes sense, but it, the whole thing of like, you are enough, like, like you don't need to be something else or someone else or try to be something different. Like you are enough how you are, like you are valuable as you are, you're beautiful as you are, you are, you know, all these things. And you know, I think you and I look at things from a religious, like spiritual place, and not everyone does. And, and for that's right, okay. good reasons. Yeah. I mean, the majority of people I know that don't have any care for religion, there's really good reasons. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like, if you're listening to this and let's say you are not religious at all, it's the thought of like, still, like, you're at a place in your life where you should be right now. And I think you could agree that each day we're growing and trying to do all these things, but just don't compare yourself to other people. Like, be happy with who you are and where you are and learn to appreciate the now and the moments you have now. Yeah. It's the journey, not a destination. Yeah. And scars are okay. My sailboat scar, your million different ones that you have going on over there. I'm a freak show over here. (laughs) That you have going over there. But yeah, let's learn to be kind to one another and encourage each other. Uh, There's that saying, I'm going to say it wrong, so it just came to mind, but uh, is it be kind for everyone you meet? Is, is fighting a hard battle. You just don't know. You don't know what everyone's going through. You don't know where they're at in life. So instead of judging someone and thinking, ah, oh, they're more perfect than I, or I want to be them, just, you don't know. So just let's be kind to each other. Let's love each other and encourage each other because that's, that's the best we can do. So I think that's all we have for today. So until next time, I got Havana here on my lap. Um, have a good rest of your day. (laughs) 